You're listening to the Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 16-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law and leadership topics, company leaders like CEOs, managers, and HR professionals would often ask me where can they find a little more information on this and a little more information on that. Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people only have 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to company leaders. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Legal Skinny podcast. Some employers have been experiencing being understaffed, and it's resulting in a number of issues, including struggling with vacation demands, juggling how to grant employee vacations, you know, who to give the vacations to if there's conflicts and issues relating to whether or not, you know, you just don't have the staff for you to have multiple people out or people out at certain times. Now, before I get into this struggle, let's just do a a quick vacation policies 101. (laughs) Literally, I'm I'm aiming to do this in two minutes or less. Okay, so uh, this is a very abridged version of uh, vacation policies. First, At this point, there's obviously no federal government uniform law that requires vacation of private employers across the United States. Vacation policies and how they're enforced um, and whether you have to pay vacation upon people being terminated or separated from employment, anyway, all of that usually or largely falls to state and local laws. Now, many employers use paid time off, which is also called PTO, which combines vacation with sick. And there's many reasons why a company may do that, which is for another discussion, another day. But, um, you know, using PTO or vacation leave, sometimes it comes up where you have a jurisdiction that requires paid sick leave, and then you may have opted to keep vacation separate. Either way, uh, the reason um, this is all important is because due to the problem of vacation demands on understaffed employers, I'm seeing a little bit of a spotlight on how employers handle these vacation requests. So first and foremost, you want to have an understanding as to what, if any, requirements exist in your local jurisdiction around vacation to make sure your policy is in compliance. Okay, that was it. I think that was under two minutes. (laughs) Okay, back to the issue at hand. I feel like last summer I was talking about uh, what what you're going to do because none of the employees were taking vacation. You know, there was like nowhere to go. And, um, and we were trying to get them to take the vacation to take time off um, because everyone was worried about, um, you know, whether or not they were all going to try to take vacation at the end of the year, or if, you know, all of this vacation was going to carry over because they didn't have a a clear carryover policy or the carryover policy was going to result in everyone having a massive amount of vacation next year and, and on and on and on. Anyway, um, all of that, the carryover issue, especially is an interesting topic to me. 
But for here today, we're talking about people trying to take time off to travel or see family and and many that they haven't seen over the last year. And, And employers are experiencing understaffing across the U.S. So it's causing a bit of a stressful situation, you know, when you're faced with how to approach these requests. So So some things to consider that I wanted to bring up here. Number one, follow the written, and yes, hopefully it's written, policy you have um, on vacation, unless it's discriminatory. And if you uh, do not remember what it is, please pull out your handbook and reread what that is. Um, Because that, again, is always, you know, going to be the first exhibit in any sort of issue related to an employee and how you treated them. And so you want to make sure that you actually know what the policy is and how how it has restrictions or doesn't have restrictions related to that. And that's where you kind of have to start in order to figure out how to handle, you know, possibly denying a vacation leave. So assuming you have a policy that is treating individuals in a non-discriminatory way, because that's really important, you follow it, right? So you don't you don't go rogue granting vacation here and there or denying it or letting your managers grant or deny vacation here and there without any uniformity. And that is very, very important because what you absolutely do not want to do is deny vacation um, or grant vacation in a way that is discriminating or giving the appearance of discriminating against different individuals. And you may be thinking, well, did you just go over this whole thing about how, like, there's no federal law about vacation, yada, yada? Look, yes, but there's always going to be a law that restricts employers from being discriminatory towards individuals. And that can be in the form of any type of policy. If you treat people differently um, and it's discriminatory or appears to be discriminatory under the law, then you can get in trouble. So vacation falls under that category as well. So that's why it's important that you have a consistent approach. You know, um, it it really comes down to that you need to treat granting and the giving of vacation or even the denial of it in a very clear and non-discriminatory way. So pull your management in to make sure everyone is on the same page with this, especially if you're looking at having to deal with potentially denying vacation. And, and it's not a good, it's not a bad idea to just do it anyway um, on, on a regular basis, especially when you come up before summer vacation requests, you know, and, and before holiday requests. So um, that's my one first tidbit on that. So number two, I would say, um, and this is assuming that it's allowed in your jurisdiction, which um, many or most, if not all of them, allow this, but your policy should be written to allow the employer to have full discretion to deny vacation based on business needs of the company. Okay, so if you just had like this whole moment where you were like, Trisha! <laughs> We are short-staffed. We can't deny the vacation. They'll quit and we'll be running this company on fumes. Okay, so calm down. Okay, look, maybe maybe you don't want to deny vacation. That's okay. That's not that's not what I said. You know? I didn't say deny the vacation, did I? I said the policy should be written to allow you to deny vacation based on issues related to the business needs of the company. 
And, and that is a very clear distinction because I see a lot of policies that don't have that in there. And it's important because it really sets forth that you, um, you establish that you have that discretionary ability to do so. And so it's not that you can't do it without it. It's just, it's better if you're upfront about, you know, the fact that you're reserving that that is a part of a policy for vacation. For example, and this is just an example, um, if it says something like employer blank, whoever, right, generally will grant requests for vacation when possible, taking business needs into consideration. I mean, on the most basic level, this is common sense. Because obviously, if your business has too many employees out sipping margaritas in Cozumel, Mexico, that the business is no longer a functioning business, then no one would have a job to come back to anyway. I mean, I even know some employers who have limited vacation around high time for the business and have built that into their policy and the expectation and the culture of the business right from the beginning of their relationship with the employee. Because it's just not feasible for the operation of the business based on the type of business they are. And they and the employees get into uh, the job knowing that. So it's all part of these discussions. But I know that there's a whole segment of employers that really haven't, you know, had to deal with these issues related to vacation. And this is a new issue for them. And they may not have a policy written the way that they probably would have liked. So kind of those issues are things to start considering now. <laughs> um, now, um, you know, remember I'm talking about vacation. I'm not talking about people taking off for a qualified, you know, sick, disability, FMLA, or other type of leave. Okay, that's a different set of circumstances, different law, and different analysis. We're talking about vacation. Like, I'm going to Aruba vacation. <laughs> okay, so make sure you understand that there's a difference in that when I'm talking about these two. Now, one of the... um key issues I think that I've seen is not that the employer doesn't understand their right to deny the vacation. It's more that they, A, never or rarely denied vacation in the past, or B, have a super relaxed process for requests of vacation. So much so that the employees sometimes just assume when they make a request, the vacation will be granted. Now, this is a real problem. Not only does it upset the culture of your company when you have to deny vacation and the employees have never experienced you doing so, it also can cause financial losses to your employees, making them resentful and frustrated. And you're probably like, what? How could I cause them financial losses? Okay, we'll get this. Now, while I agree with you, employees shouldn't book a vacation unless they are granted the vacation under the policy. But let me tell you this. When you have a loosey-goosey policy around vacation approval and you've never denied vacation to them, employees don't always read or follow what your policy is. Sometimes they go off of past experience or their own assumptions. Unlike you, they honestly don't spend a lot of time thinking about your policies and procedures. And they often don't think about how they impact your business as a whole. So yes, they may book the vacation before the official vacation is approved or on the assumption that it will be approved because it's always been approved in the past. 
And then when the employee is denied the vacation, they're like bringing you all their sad stories about how they already booked their family Disney World vacation, or they put down a non-refundable deposit on a cruise. I mean, it just makes a mess. And then company leaders are frustrated and sometimes also even feeling bad trying to sort it all out. I mean, who wants to deny someone taking their kids on their first teacup ride at Magic Kingdom or the employee's lifelong goal to fish for salmon in Alaska or go see the Northern Lights? I mean, employers and leaders can get a bad rap, but it's just, it's not true, I think, you know, at least in my experience. I mean, for the most part, many leaders, they're just, they don't deserve that rap. You know, they do really care about what happens to their employees. And so we're not all about crushing dreams. And for the most part, you know, company leaders, they want people to take time off. You know, they just know that there's a business to run too. And when as a company leader, you may feel the disconnect with the employee, it's okay because the employee doesn't necessarily need to understand the guts and inner workings of all of your leadership decisions. So what should you do based on this information? If you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I may need to like address this. Um, look, here's some ideas. Clean up the vacation policies to make it clear that vacation may be denied. Uh, the written policy, right? And then I would say consider actually readdressing the issue of vacation requests as a whole right now. I mean, why not? We're coming up to the holiday season and people may have been waiting to use time. So this is good a time as any to update them on your expectations of how the policies work, including the process. And this is true even if you aren't understaffed. I just think if you don't, if you're, you, any of the stuff that I just talked about resonated and you um, think maybe, you know, you could be a little more clear, why not? Just, it's not going to hurt anything for you to you know, uh, make the policy super clear to them and, and readdress it with them, especially right before you come into a season where, um, you know, they may be taking time off and more people would be taking, having requests. So this could be a simple email or if you have a weekly meeting or even task it out to your management to convey it to your other employees. You can keep it simple. As the holiday season approaches, we want to remind everybody of the company policy and vacation requests work, um, you know, yada, yada, and flat out tell them, do not book anything till you get approved. Approval occurs when blank, blank happens, <laughs> you know, whatever that may be. Like, I, I mean, um, I think it should be real clear, like a signature from your manager or supervisor and HR or whatever the process is. This is going to make your life so much easier than dealing with the issue over and over again with each individual employee. And I'm not saying difficult situations won't still pop up, but then you can be assured that you did your job as a company leader to make it crystal clear. Crystal clear that <laughs> vacations exist, but it's subject to these terms. And it's not to be planned and booked by you until you get the official, again, whatever is you deemed official, approval by the company. Obviously, 
I think it should be in writing <laughs> and not a verbal approval, but um, that would be the best for you, of course, to document that. But um, it, it can give you some sort of relief that, you know, you did take that extra step to make sure that they have an understanding. Now let's switch gears here and talk about maybe a third issue that, you know, when you have multiple employees requesting the same time off. And I am, I like there to be something in the policy about this, but oftentimes when I see handbooks, it's missing. Um, And it's not the end of the world, but like um, it it is, uh, again, I think always a good idea to address these types of issues if you can. If you do have a certain way that you handle them or you have a plan or at least show that you have thought that it could occur and, you you know, you're going to have to approach it some way, right, having something into the policy about it. But it would be something like this, right? Here's an example. When multiple employees request the same time off, their blank may determine priority and scheduling vacation times. And then you fill in the blank with, you know, length of employment or seniority or... Uh, order of whose request came in first is a common one or collective bargaining agreement if if your employees are a CBA. I mean, you know, having something in there at least notifies the employee this is kind of what's going to happen. And this is why it's so important if you if you've never dealt with it, multiple employees requesting the same time off. Um, let me tell you this. That first part where I was talking about how they may book the vacation because they are so used to getting it granted, it may only come up once in a while where the multiple employees request the same time off. Or it may only come up once in a while that multiple employees requesting the same time off is a problem. Maybe it's okay, right? Uh, so, So it's so important that they have an understanding of how the approval process works and they hold back because you may have to let certain people take the vacation and others not based on how you're going to handle this. So, um, and that's, that's again, to avoid all the mess that I just explained, you know, the teacups and the Disney world issue. (laughs) So um, now if your policy is silent about how vacation will be granted, if there's more than one, one request from the same time, you know, same time period for employees, I say tread carefully on how you handle these. You can usually, of course, still do it, um, you know, deny the request, but be consistent with all the requests in the same manner. And above all, remember, any decisions need to be made in a non-discriminatory way. So um, it should be made for non-discriminatory reasons. You know, for instance, you know, the length of employment, that's a non-discriminatory reason. You should be able to explain that why you gave vacation to one and not the other employee. And um, and when I say non-discriminatory, I mean both on the face of the written way that the words of the policy are written and in the application of how you and your leadership are going to apply it. So make sure you have everyone on the same page. And if you have to, don't be afraid. Go ahead and deny those vacation requests. And um, try to work things out as best you can. Just remember that you have a responsibility to the company. And that's okay. And so um, while maybe you don't want to have to be denying the vacation request, it is something that may come up. And it's something that you should approach in a very consistent manner. And just as a part of doing business. Um, And I will leave you with that.
And that's Legal Skinny on denying the vacation request. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. I would love for you to go to www.legalskinny.com forward slash review to learn the super simple way to leave me a review to tell me which topics and guests you like. I value your thoughts and your review helps me support more company leaders just like you to grow as a leader themselves and to grow successful teams. I also dropped the link in the show notes if that's easier for you. And while you're there, check out all the other resources I have for you as a company leader. And don't forget our disclaimer to remember legal skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.